2: Hello and welcome to the Rash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by Brandon Deutsch, Armani Buckets. Brandon start with you. How are we doing today? You know what? I'm doing great.
0: Um, You know, I really wanted to see the Clippers come back and win that game last night, but uh, excited for the Lakers today. I think this is the Anthony Davis trend, the bad game, the dominant game, the bad game. So he's due for a (laughs) dominant game tonight. So maybe that uh, is what propels us to victory. I'm hoping, again, by the way, no, I don't think anybody, any of us, and we'll get into this, are expecting the Lakers to win tonight. Memphis is a tough team to beat at home. We got one win there. And the Lakers are an older team. Um, yeah uh, other than Reeves and a couple of Rui a couple of young guys but LeBron and Davis they were exhausted in that game yeah. now they're gonna have to plan what 30 hours re- 34 hours rest uh you know it's just, it's a recipe for disaster I'm hoping they can pull it out um, and you know leave no breathing room for them and then they'll have a week off perhaps with the King's Warriors series um, likely to go six or seven but uh you know I'm excited for the
2: Lakers tonight yeah we'll we'll see how the the Lakers do Armani buckets your thoughts your your uh how are you feeling today I'm a little
1: disappointed because you know it was it felt like yesterday when it was one to nothing Clippers Yeah. No. and it was just Kawhi looking amazing Westbrook's resurgence and the next thing you know boom four losses in a row season over Kawhi torn meniscus I mean, and and by the way, again, another instance where the Clippers say something very
2: vague. You brought this up before. I thought of you because A, listen, when, when Ty Lue spoke to the media prior to game three and A, the fact that Kawhi would sit out a playoff game, game three, series tied 1-1, and then obviously when he sat out game four and five, you knew that this was not just a right knee sprain. By the way, that that is code for the Clippers for something greater than if you remember when Kawhi went down uh, a couple of years ago, torn... anterior cruciate ligament, it was a right knee sprain or something along those lines. So now we find out torn meniscus. I mean if, if this happens during the course of a season, minimum one month, I mean, I, I think it's a two to four week just to kind of heal. But you're talking about he's gone for a month. So I, I listen, there was a lot of talk about um, you know, if the Clippers advance when could we see Kawhi and Paul George? When I mean, Kawhi was not going to come back and Paul George maybe might have come back, but you touched on it. When the Clippers are very Secretive, and they don't say what's happening. And they say it's a right knee sprain. Read the body language, read the room. I mean, Tai Lu. It was not. Um, let's see if Kawhi can come back. It was pretty clear Kawhi was going to be gone for a while
1: yeah and you know this is one of those things where at his age now uh meniscus is very tricky because you can either repair it or you can replace it and if you if you just get rid of it if you snip it then he can have a quick recovery time but then the the risk of that is you shorten the length of your career for a guy whose career may have already been shortened because of all the wear and tear that he's experienced and now if you want to talk about the Intuit Dome and what the plan is for the future of this team, Kawhi's trade value just took another hit oh, from yeah. what it had already been. So I I, I think this is the team. I, yeah, this is look, the
0: team. <laughs> look, we talked about this yesterday and the day before Armand too. It's like, they're, as much as a change possibly needs to be made, they're not going to make any changes. I mean, if we look at the the finances of this team moving forward, I know Russ really wants to play, but they don't have the money to pay him. So I doubt that happens unless he signs on an MLE and just has a bunch of endorsement deals. He's made a lot of money. And look, that's not... We talked about it maybe Kyrie last summer coming to the Lakers for the MLE. That was never going to happen. But Russ perhaps i mean perhaps i know he'd be losing out on a lot of money but he's made so much and he's a great guy everybody that knows him really likes him i think environment's important for him so he'll definitely consider it yeah um but marcus morris like we said 17 mil next year by the way marcus morris actually played well yesterday (laughs) it was a miracle um And, you know, Batum 11 million. Batum actually played well too yesterday. Covington 11 million. And then Kawhi, Norm, and, uh, and George, right? Kawhi and George 45 mil each around. Norm around about 20, right? So. If we look at it from that, they'll have nobody on the roster uh, besides maybe Mann and his extension, but I think that was a two-year extension. So I don't think they have anybody on this roster going into this offseason by 24-25 season, right? So to me, that says like, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to extend Kawhi and George? I mean, that's definitely going to be a conversation to be had. Um, Because those guys have player options after next season, right? Maybe they want to go somewhere else. Maybe they're tired of what's been going on It's just an unfortunate series of events. You could say the Clippers are cursed. I know people say that it seems seems like an injury every year Um, But you know times running out for them to do something with this team I think fans are getting really anger angered by all and frustrated by all of this every single year because look well, We said it how it was, Arach. We watched basketball. The Clippers were a championship contender at full strength. Yeah. Just want to say one thing, though. Let's not forget, Kawhi actually signed
1: a contract extension last year for four years and $176 million. So So um, he will be here long term, most likely, unless something happens. Because well,
2: you brought it up. They can't trade him. I mean, no one's going to trade for Kawhi at this point in time. Again, three consecutive seasons where he's missed – the playoffs where again you know the, the th- th- three years ago not was it three years ago it was the third um, it was t- 2021 that was their their best chance i mean you really saw what they could be when they were together again yeah. a, a brutal tough series against the Mavericks, but then Kawhi was playing playoff Kawhi ball. Uh, They they, they go up against the Jazz. Kawhi goes down, you think that they're done. Paul George steps up amazingly, leads them to the conference finals. In a little bit like what we saw here, the Clippers could have beaten the Suns without Kawhi in 2021 with Kawhi. I think they beat the Suns. I think they beat the Bucks. That was their golden opportunity. Who's who's going to trade for Kawhi? Missed the playoffs. miss yeah. the following complete season. D- does all this load management to tear his meniscus in game one of the playoffs? I mean, it's, it doesn't help, Arash. I mean,
0: it just it's it tells us that the system of load management, the whole concept is is, is false. It just, it's,
2: it doesn't work. That doesn't one year work. in Toronto really did a disservice. Again, he he they did load load management and it worked where where he looked so fresh he was the healthiest player on the court, when you have a situation where, um, you know, Clay Thompson goes down and KD goes down and the Toronto Raptors on the back of Kawhi, who again looked so fresh and so spry, uh, say, then it became like a trend, not just for Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi at that point going forward was like, that's my career moving forward. It's load management, but, what does it matter? Again, three consecutive seasons where he's missed the postseason. I think what needs to happen
0: is I know he's getting older, but perhaps playing him a, a bit more so that that knee can get acclimated to full on, uh, you know, an NBA season. Because when you get to the playoffs, part of the thing in Toronto is I believe that season he did play about 15 or 20 games in a row at some point. I know he did have some load management throughout that year. I'd have to look up to see if that is actually true. But if I remember correctly, I think he did that. What that allowed him to do is go into the playoffs. And remember, it's a rigorous playoff schedule. I know you get a few days break. Um, I mean, the Clippers and Suns really didn't. But uh, that's a whole different conversation.
2: Now now when we see what's happened to Kawhi, it wouldn't have mattered. I know at the beginning of the series, everyone was like, well, I'd rather have two days. You know, he was gone for at least one month, perhaps the entire postseason. So the extra two days, for example, wouldn't have helped them. And what I think needs to happen is, okay, maybe you completely repair his meniscus
0: and he takes the first two months off of the season. But right when he comes back, once it gets, once it hits the new year, for me, like if I'm running the organization, I want to see like 40, 30, 40 games in a row of Kawhi, prepare him for the playoffs, maybe one or two games, load management, but that's it because I think yeah. what what happened was his 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 he just wasn't ready to be himself. We saw it for about like a yeah. month long period of how dominant he was and how hard he was working and his body just wasn't acclimated enough to do that. I think most of that was he had never played like fifteen games
2: in a row yeah. all season, right? Like, I mean, hard to do, right? I mean, you, you, when 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 you talk about load management the problem here is okay it's it's not a a switch you can switch on i mean not only are you going from not playing or playing 20 minutes or playing the first half and not the second half to now you're playing 40 plus minutes of playoff ball it's hard to do that yeah for me it's 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 that and
1: it's just so disheartening because what's going to be forgotten in all this is that you know I really thought he was the best player in the West it, at the and time. You were of game wrong. One. Game one, it and, was. and even
2: kind of game two where he's playing hurt, he he, he and,
1: looked like that. And then you have these takes saying, you know, I, I woke up this morning. First thing I see is, oh, he should retire. It's like, no. ah, uh, That is so frustrating because literally last week we could have had a whole different conversation. And now I, my heart just goes out to him uh, as an individual because.
0: It's not like he is intentionally doing this. No, uh, and it's,
2: he wants to play.
0: That's the frustrating thing. And also, I know Kevin Durant, and uh, who has a Stan Van Gun, he brought this up a few months ago. It's like, what's with the knee sprains? It's been going on uh, like knee injuries are at an all time high right now. Yeah. All, all over the past year, year and a half, we've seen you know cat. Well, that wasn't knee. That was more leg injury. That was calf, right Achilles type injury. Cam Johnson, Kawhi Leonard, KD had that knee sprain um, earlier on the MCL or whatever. Uh, it's been happening so much, and you got to question like, what is this? Is it a training process? Is it? Because think about it. I know Anthony Edwards is super young, but he had a severe ankle sprain and he played after. Two games missed because he had played the whole season I think his body was acclimated to go through that and and push through that and he didn't look injured at all in the playoffs and again he's 21 uh, I get that he has not not as much mileage as other players but I think that that needs to be a conversation that needs to be had like okay if we play these guys more throughout the season it's common knowledge the body's going to adapt, right? If I went to go right now and lift 700 pounds and I haven't lifted 700 pounds all, in my whole life, if I just went in like, okay, I'll just go lift 700 pounds, I'm not going to be able to do it, right? And I think that's what Kawhi was trying to do, just, you know, Pick and choose games all year, and then once it got tough, once he had to put the team on his back, it was hard on his body, and it doesn't help he's getting older. So I want
2: you guys to put your GM hats on, Brandon. You do a great job. Once this season is over, looking at like the cap number, looking at who's under contract, we both touched on it. That that, that this team is they're going to run this back because they kind of have to. Maybe they'll make tweaks, but Kawhi's back, Paul George is back. Um, is that like all they can do? Because again, they they do have a first round pick. Amazingly, they got it from the Bucks. They have the Bucks as first yeah. first round pick, but following this uh, this draft, they don't have a, a first round pick till twenty twenty seven. I mean, yeah. so there's again that that's important because you, when you're going to make these deals, a lot of teams want a first, they want two first. I mean, the Clippers don't have those. Put your GM hat on. What do you do? I mean, I think at this point, I
0: would explore trade options with Paul George. Okay. I think he has a little more value than Kawhi at this point. Um, I know he's been injured as well a lot over the past few years, but he actually put a team on his back and took him to the Western Conference Finals healthy at one point, right? He still is a good defender. Um, I. Think that, and I think it it's like Kawhi is a guy you kind of need to build your team around as the number one guy. George can be a two on a, on a team,
2: right? So I think that. So you think a, a contender that that maybe has a one is saying like Paul George, yeah, is like, a the, two. like the Blazers. Yeah, now,
0: I don't know if they can make the contract contracts work, but I'm sure they'd be interested in Paul George. The
2: issue with the Clippers is, is a lot of their moves, I think, will be dictated by they're moving into a brand new two billion dollar. The, the Intuit Dome. Um, I don't think. Now, they may begin the rebuilding process soon after that first season there. Uh, I don't think, and again, Steve Ballmer will let Jerry West and the front office do their their thing. I think the one thing is we're not opening the doors on a rebuilding like we need Kawhi, we need paul george absolutely that's Uh, just what i would do they're they're not not
0: going to do that i just think for, i mean and again you don't need to full-on rebuild you can keep Kawhi and bank on his health but banking on two superstars health is a little different i'd want a guy more healthy perhaps call up minnesota be like yo carl i know carl anthony towns is also injured but he's younger um maybe that's po- a possibility like a George, Carl Anthony town swap, maybe something around that or Portland. You'd probably have to take on Nurkic, but you can get some young talent, maybe even a shade and sharp or Anthony Simons. Probably not. I know Armand's shaking his head, but I mean, that those are definitely some avenues they can explore. And I would explore as a GM, just gauging interest. And yeah. again, 99.9%. They keep the same exact team and I really think they sh- got to give a call to, to Plumley and try and re-sign him. I know he's a free agent, but, he, man, he was great. He was electric in that game. And, by the way, did they make a bad decision giving Zoo that money instead of Hardenstein, who was cheaper? You know, that's definitely a conversation to be had because I would have probably gotten Hardenstein, and moved that money around a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, let's start there. I don't think that that's, you know feasible because
1: zoo is on a great contract 11 million for two years i like that part of the team if you're looking at the roster going forward you have to find some way to move one of these power forwards be it batum covington or ideally marcus morris what i think they're going to do and what i would do given the fact that i don't think they're going to get rid of paul george or Kawhi, so you start there you're keeping both right yeah how do we make this roster better? If you're going to trade Marcus Morris and you have limited draft assets, what about you take on a guy like a Duncan Robinson? Now the, the caveat is Morris has one year left on his deal. Robinson has the same contract, but three years left on his deal. The good thing is Miami might throw you. Well, they should throw you a first. Yeah. So now you have more draft assets, but you're taking on a longer of a contract. Or, yeah. you know, there, there's multiple guys like that. And Evan Fournier, who couldn't play for the Knicks this year, but he has a track record of being a decent NBA player, maybe not at this stage, two years left on his deal, yeah. but they might throw you a pick to get yeah. off of his contract for the next year. I think that's what you're looking at. Yeah, Exchanging Morris and for a worse contract. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
0: that's that's definitely a possibility. And I think trading Kennard for Gordon was a bad move. Um, and it, look, that front office usually makes amazing moves. Yeah. So that was uncharacteristic of what Frank and, and Jerry have done in the uh, in the past. But I wanted to ask you this, Armand. I know th- there were some exploratory conversations around the deadline about Powell, who's, who's pretty good, but the contract per se, maybe no. moving on from him, creating a little more cap space. Because remember, the MLE, they're not going to have, they're going to be way above the luxury tax. So... Is that something you would consider too, moving on from Norman Powell as good as he's been? I actually like that because of you need to create some
1: sort of cap space somewhere. And I feel like the combination of Bones Highland and Terrence Mann can replace Powell's scoring. Although I do value what Powell brings to this team. But yeah, given his age, he'll probably have a market and you don't know what will happen to him um, at the back end of that deal. He'll still be like 32, 33, but 18 million a year. You know he's a six man. Yeah, I I like that. But your priority should be if you're going to run this back, can you keep?
0: You have to keep Bones. Can you keep Russ? Can you keep Plumley? That, that's I can't that's going to be tough. I think Plumley's probably the most viable and feasible to keep, unless Russ wants to stay on a minimum, which you know, uh, certainly a possibility, but very unlikely. Yeah. No. I also think that. What do you do with Rocco? I mean, you know, Tyloo didn't want to play him. Tyloo's probably not even going to be the coach. I'll tell you guys that right now. Like, I know he expects to be back, but I do expect them to move on. I do. I, I, he's a good coach. Uh, you know, there's been some decisions starting Morris that I disagreed with, but overall, you know, he's done a lot with Little when guys were hurt and you have to commend that and respect that. At the same time, I do think they move in a new direction. Perhaps Nick Nurse, maybe Adrian Griffin, some some like that. But at the same time, what do you do with Rocco? You paid him eleven million dollars, yeah. like for two years, right? Like he's on contract. I guess Morris. What happens, Armand? Let me tell you this. I know we don't have much time here on this first segment, but what happens instead of Robinson, you pair Morris's contract, you get a contract back, uh, like some guy who's maybe good, but you trade Boston and Preston or some one of the young, some of the young talent about Derozan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if he fits. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of similar, but yeah, I yeah. The the question is. You know, we talked about him last year, a guy like Brandon Boston. How much value does him or Jason Preston, those are really their two young guys
0: with bones. How well, much value do they bones. have around the league? Yeah, uh, again, a lot of it is is usage and where they go. I mean, put Boston on the Raptors and their rebuilding process, maybe they have something. I, I know someone said maybe Paul George for Siaka. What do you think about that? Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's again, it feels like you're just kind of shuffling the deck here. And it, I don't hate it, but it's just, what is Toronto's incentive to do something like that? Yeah, they're, they're
0: kind of trying to build around Scotty now, yeah. I'm assuming, right? So, yeah. I don't know. going to be a tumultuous offseason.
2: It, it's sure. a unique offseason because, A, the, you know we can sit here and talk about trades that they should make. They're not moving on from Kawhi. They're not moving on from Paul George. The fact of the matter is like, what can they get back for guys who have not been healthy, especially Kawhi? I mean, Kawhi, when he came to the Clippers, I mean, you're talking about at that point in time, coming off the championship, top five player in the league could have, uh, you know, I I mean, the entire country of Canada loved this man so much and he wanted to come back home, which I get it. And by the way, by the way, we keep talking about the year Kawhi got hurt and they lost lose to the Suns. They were up three one on the Denver Nuggets in the bubble, one win away from going to the conference finals, and then they would have played the Lakers. Could they have beaten the Lakers? Perhaps. That was there was two golden opportunities for them to win the championship. All right. Let's leave it there for now. In the second segment, when we come back, want to bring up the one man who really turned around his career with the Clippers, began with the Lakers, Russell Westbrook. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 of Southern California, The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be
1: right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN
0: Radio
1: This is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090
2: ESPN radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi show presented by the sporting tribune on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio in Southern California. 98.5, the fan or it's now the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii sports radio network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Um, listen, we normally we go out to these circus sports guest hotline, but we have Armani buckets and we do need to touch on Russell Westbrook. Um, listen, this, this was a very fascinating trajectory for Russ, uh, begins the season with the Lakers did not really want to be here. The Lakers didn't want him here after the two and ten start. It was like, what the heck is this team doing? They, they couldn't move him. I mean, the, the contract number was what it was. It was 40 plus million dollars. There was some thought that they would John Wall him, which that was not going to happen. There was some thought that they would uh, combine two first-round picks and something else to move him. Um, it was just a really tough spot. He did develop into, by the time he got traded, he was the, uh, according to Las Vegas, the favorite to win sixth man of the year. Um, probably would not have won it for a team that was below 500, but um, I mean he had really blossomed in that role. He gets traded in the D'Angelo Russell deal. or uh, Yeah, he he got dealt and then obviously got cut. And then he ends up with the uh, Clippers. And with the Clippers, I mean, he was supposed to be the uh, third guy. It was going to be different, though, because Paul George really wanted him and Kawhi wanted him. And it seemed like he was coming to a team that really did want him. Obviously, as the the season played out, and certainly during the postseason, he became the number one guy. A little bit like the his time with the Thunder though when when KD left where it's like look at the numbers he put up and look at the fight he had and it's like yeah but they lost in the first round so um, alright let's get into this. What does Russell Westbrook do? I think he found a, home. listen, this is his home. It was uh, it was sad the way that he was treated with by the fans of the Lakers. I don't want to do a blanket statement, but it was really rough up uh, to the point where, you know, it was by the way, very cool that his son, uh, got to come to the game. Uh, game four was in the post game press conference with him. Uh, you know, according to his family, you know, it got, it got to a, a point that's uh, during his time with the lakers where his son didn't feel comfortable there so um you know happy for him if you're russell westbrook what do you do what's the market for him i mean do you look at his time with the lakers and say okay we're we're we're, we're still not going to forget about that or do you look at his time with the clippers and say well okay like you know if if you're a not a contending team he's not the number one option for a contending team but What is the market for Russell Westbrook?
1: Well, I I just remember when he would you know when he arrived in with the Lakers You had those viral moments of him hitting the top of the backboard on his mid-range jumpers and that's like his game Uh, transformed when he went to the Clippers his jump shot came back his ability to drive and finish came back all those things it felt like disappeared with the Lakers and maybe that had to do with external forces the pressure of being a Laker the, the fans and all that stuff I think that he showed that he's still a very capable player and but the problem is we know what Russell Westbrook is He's a guy that with high volume will produce great statistics, but also your team is going to be somewhere in the middle, not bad, not great, somewhere in the middle. And some nights he'll beat really great teams, maybe by himself. Some nights he'll lose to really great teams by himself. The question is, can he mold himself with other stars? Because we just saw with LeBron and Davis, he couldn't really play off the ball and do those things. Is there a team where he can actually have the ball in his hands that's also trying to compete for something? I don't know. Maybe a Miami Heat. You look around, Jimmy Butler is doing this all by himself, all by himself. So a situation like that maybe, but I think that if I was Russell Westbrook and I'm in my mid thirties and I'm for the first time since Oklahoma city, I'm comfortable. I'm familiar. My family feels at peace. This is my hometown. I don't care what the pay is as long as it's not a veteran minimum. Give me yeah. more than that and I'm going to resign. I'm going to be a clipper for, for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah. I mean, cause I, I, I do think that there's something about being home and I think he enjoyed it here. He was with a franchise that accepted him, a fan base that accepted him. The media... With the Clippers accepted him and I thought that 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 was such a big thing because his press conferences with the Lakers were just Cringeworthy, it was just really hard to see them come after him and it was combative and it was just It didn't look like anyone was having a good time and so Um for his sake I I do hope that he finds a way because here's the thing with the with the Clippers we can say with with um, a lot of confidence at this point that Kawhi and Paul George will not be healthy for the entire season. We'll see what load management looks like moving forward. Because at some point, if a guy can't stay healthy with load load management, then just play the guy. And then if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Uh, but a little bit like the Lakers, you know, when, when you said prior to, to the season, and by the way, I still say you were right about the 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 roster of the team that came into to, to the season. Part of the reason that you did not think that the that the Lakers would be a top ten team in the West was that they would get hurt. I mean, at the very least, like Anthony Davis, we'll see how it plays out, right? But sure. like he's been healthy now. <laughs> Every time that he gets a rebound or he, not, he not reaches would. for his hip, but you know, listen, we're we're um, to a point now with with Kawhi, where like there's no expectation that this guy's going to be healthy, you know, kind of the same with with Paul George. And so, if you're Russ, you are the third option at full health. But generally speaking, you're going to be the one or the two guy. And so, I think that's a good spot for him. So, if you're if you're the Clippers, what kind of what can you do? Like, I, because he's on the team, what what kind of contract can they potentially? Yeah, I think what they would be looking at is that
1: mid-level type of money, yeah. you know, somewhere around that. And the question is, did Russ do enough to to garner more interest? I don't think he did, just yeah. because, you, you know, really
2: at You really do stage, have to look at the season in totality. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a good stretch run, but, I mean, you can't ignore, it was very high profile, what happened with the
1: Lakers. And the the amazing thing is, is that, Post Lakers, we're looking at, you know, this guy could be out of the league. Yeah. And now there's no doubt in my mind he's going to have a market. Yeah. Multiple teams are going to show interest because he showed that athletically he's still in the prime of his career. Hell. Now, and also, by the way, I thought his attitude was great. I thought all those things that, you know, are question marks surrounding Russ, I thought you know all his teammates seem to with the clippers seem to rave about him and yeah. the the type of character he 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 has so that part of it he should have a market the question is what is his role going forward is he a starting yeah. point guard is he back to that six man role i think honestly i think you know another
2: part of the clippers appeal is that he's a starter with the clippers he wants to be i mean i do give him credit for this again we, we touched on it he was the sixth man on the lakers now um that wasn't his goal that's not what he wanted to be but when this team starts two and ten i mean you do have to look for ways to ch- to 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 change it And he did embrace that role he was a team player and i, I don't know if he gets enough credit for not only embracing that role really b- becoming a great sixth man and again prior to the trade and obviously he ceased being a sixth man with the clippers he was the betting favorite he was the favorite to win sixth man of the year so really uh, i think he'll have multiple conversations i agree with you he doesn't want to go to a situation where he would be the sixth man um, but that is something intriguing about the Clippers, where he could stay home, he could be with a team that, that that wants him, again, very much embraced by the fans, by the media, just totally night and day situation, but could be the starting point guard of this team.
1: Yeah, and you, know, you look at what this team, I, I love what you mentioned earlier about the fact that I don't love the part that, you know, we expect Kawhi or Paul George to miss time, but it does make sense for Russ because, you know, if you're Russell Westbrook, you know, that these guys are likely to miss time. And if they do, Hey, I can have fun. I can (laughs) be myself. I can do all those things that, that he, he. He, lear- he loves to have those moments, yeah. whether he admits to it or not. Yeah. Obviously, he wants a healthy roster, but he loves the challenge oh, of, yeah. okay, I need to shoot 30 times tonight. Okay, I yeah. can do it. You want me to put the team on my back? Okay, I can do it. He, yeah. he loves that. So I, I like the the opportunity for him to stay in LA, stay where he's comfortable and stay with a fan base that seems to cherish him.
2: Yeah. And they, maybe, you know, there's, there's, there's such a, a rivalry, at least with the fan base. I, I don't think that there's much of that. Maybe not with the team, but I think the Clipper fans love that. Oh, the Lakers gave up on this guy, and look what he's done with us. He's he he's you know he's left the toxic locker room of the Lakers. And again, <laughs> the Lakers will tell you the toxicity was with Russell Westbrook. But um, we've touched on this entire well, not the entire season. I mean, there the, the came a point at this season we cut we came into it. Clippers and Warriors, those are the top two teams in the West. If you look at the preseason prediction from the guys who get paid a lot of money to cover the league and all that stuff, 90-plus percent – close to darn near 100 was that the clippers or the warriors were going to come out of the west and then at some point during the course of the season and i would be curious to see at what point you thought this it was like no no no. those are (laughs) those are not the top two teams those two teams are about 500 they could be out in the first round the clippers are out in the first round we'll see what happens with the warriors west is wide open however with the east celtics milwaukee that Flip a coin. That's none. That's the team that comes out of the that conference, but that's also the, the a champion. Both of those teams, two teams are now being pushed to the brink. Thoughts on that. Again, we, we, we spend the majority of the show off and talking about the West. What about the East? And do you feel as strongly as you did prior to the postseason? Okay, so
1: it's, it's it's very, very complicated because with the Bucks situation, Giannis gets hurt game one. Yeah. Technically, he misses the whole game, and then he misses game two and game three. Yeah. Game four, a lot of people are giving the Bucks a lot of criticism for that because they lost. Jimmy Butler had a historic performance. There's not many nights that you're going to see a guy do that. And, you know, most times when a guy does that, he's going to win the game. I think you just got to tip your cap to Jimmy in that situation. I still think, okay, I like the underdog story. Yeah. I like to see Miami, you know, push them to the brink. My 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 head says Milwaukee still wins this series in seven yeah. because can – Milwaukee's an 11 point favorite In game 5 at home Can Miami realistically beat them in Milwaukee? Probably not so they have one chance and that's game In six Miami. at home yeah. and it just feels like jimmy would have to repeat that performance to do that yeah, exactly. so we'll see what happens but i still think bucks although i would like to see the underdog win with the celtics there's a lot of stuff going on okay. joe Mazzulla, the coach is getting a lot of criticism yeah. from the fans about how basically he's not ready for this moment jason tatum's inconsistency um Jalen Brown with you know the future uncertainty and his unhappiness I don't know if you've heard his quotes throughout the year but he's basically sounds very non-committal about his future in Boston so all those factors and now all of a sudden Atlanta goes home with a chance we know what game seven is if they can win game six we know what we say about game seven anything anything can anything can happen so yikes I mean, it's it's wide open. Although I do think if Milwaukee can just survive round one, I still think they're the favorites and even down three, one, I think it's going to be very hard for Miami to win one more game.
2: What about the Sixers? Can they uh, sneak into being a part of the conversation? I mean, they, they've, they've been right there, but no one's really talked about them as a championship contending team.
1: So let's play this out. Let's say Miami wins okay. in the first round. Let's All say right. Boston holds on. Okay. And then you got Boston Sixers and probably Knicks Heat. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Sixers, Joel Embiid is hurt right now. They said he's going to be playing with a brace on that knee. Oh. Doesn't sound good. No. But you're, if you can get by Boston, yeah. you're going to be the favorites in the Eastern Conference Finals. No. I still don't believe in this team. I still, James Harden in the postseason, he had a couple, what, four for 18 performances in round one. It's only going to get more difficult for him going forward. I still think Boston finds a way to beat Atlanta and then beat Philly, but every team looks flawed right now. And that's why, you know, as much as I joke
2: the Lakers have to be they have a chance. Ecstatic. Yeah, because there's not a um you know there, there there's not a Warriors team from whatever that was like t- 2016 to t- 20 like 19, you you don't have a super team, so that's a number one. You don't have a super team where you're like, man, it'd be great if we can just get to the conference finals. I mean, at this point, like if we play it out with the Lakers, I mean, if they close out the Grizzlies, I mean. I don't know what Las Vegas would 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 predict but like I they, they would have a, a a chance against the Kings or the Warriors again they they beat the Warriors three times and you know how I feel about the Kings I mean as, as well as they've uh, played this season they're, they're still the Sacramento Kings I mean this team has never done anything before they they've missed the playoffs the last sixteen years, so I mean I think a lot of people listen. If they find a way to beat the Warriors in Game Seven and they win, you know, the title of best team in the Bay, not that there's going to be a letdown. Listen, if the next round you're going up against LeBron and the Lakers, but it's I like the Lakers, and at that point you you talk about them getting to the Conference Finals. Um, Clippers are out. By the way, the Suns—we have not really touched on this. Did not impress me at all. Okay, the Clippers don't have Kawhi. They don't have Paul George. They barely won every single one of those games. Um, so they're and they're not a deep team. So you know, you're talking about like kind of a flawed The, path, team. Is the path is there path is there i mean there. and then so you know for a while we were saying the west is wide open they can get to the conference finals now it's like well they can get to the conference finals and win the conference finals and oh by the way the team that they play from the east might, might be the new york knicks yeah <laughs> so by the way dream scenario for the league i mean they've oh always dreamed dreamed about that the games would be ugly though it would, that'd, that'd be fine. <laughs> that'd, that'd be fine. I mean, I don't know. Again, when you talk about a zero point three percent chance that the Lakers had just make the postseason after their two and ten start, um, I mean, I really do have to, to think about this. If 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 this journey continues, this would be the most unlikely team ever to get to, to the finals. When you because it, it it didn't just come out of nowhere, right? Uh, they start this season two and ten at the trade deadline. 23 games left in the season. They're below five hundred. not in the play-in tournament. The previous season, again, same thing, not in the play-in tournament, a below five hundred team. If all that said, they just go on this amazing run, it's unheard of. Yeah, so the the comparison I yeah. would make, and
1: I, I want to ask you about this because I was too young. I was five years old. What was it like 1999? You had the lockout the season and the Knicks yeah, as an so eighth seed.
2: The, that, I think that's the closest comparison, and I don't know the Knicks journey to get to that short season, it was a shortened season. So maybe that was a part of it, but you know, and then they didn't have Patrick Ewing uh, and and at that point, that was a big thing. Um, What, what, what makes this journey in this run more, I, I think unthinkable or, or just like it came out of nowhere is that I really combined these past two seasons where last year, they're not even a play on play in tournament teams so where they're not on the top 10, they're below 500. They don't like each other. They're like, like, Oh my God, like let's break this team up or at least like you can't run this back. Well, because of the contracts being what they are like, they did run it back in. It was worst case scenario. And you predicted it. You're like, this is not, a playing tournament team and you're right you know they were two and ten at the trade deadline below 500 and even at the trade deadline the trade lebron wanted to make was kyrie that doesn't happen he's up test to the point that he calls up michael wilbon or something whenever lebron has those kinds of sit downs i mean <laughs> there's like an agenda there and he clearly was like yeah like i, I want a weird uh conversation to have because you're basically saying i want these my teammates to be traded they eventually were traded um and, you, and i don't think you're going out on a limb when you look at what the what happened with Kyrie i mean just look at Kyrie with Brooklyn look at Kyrie with the Mavericks look, like like so that would have been a disaster. And you look at this team now with D'Lo, the Austin Reeves, like the birth, like the connection that those guys have. Rui Hachimura, amazing what he's done. Uh, Jared Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, just every move that they made, they all fit a role that they've embraced. And they really love being a part of this team Um I I really, like, listen, if they win a championship, they would be the most unlikely champ. And again, weird to say that about a franchise like the Lakers, but just when you look at where where they were this season and where they were a year ago, it's crazy.
1: My head would explode. Like, I I can't even fathom, but we have to consider it now. Now we do. As much as, you know, De'Aaron Fox with the broken finger now, I hope he's all right. Um, We'll see what he looks like. And then you have obviously Golden State, but the, the Warriors have had trouble with the Lakers. Yeah. And a lot of those games that they've had trouble with are post-trade deadline. Yeah. So I, <laughs> it's hard to ignore the elephant in the room. And then Denver, yes, they're the one seed, but you know my mind goes back to the bubble and yeah. what happened there. And it's the same Nuggets team besides KCP kind of switched teams exactly. there. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, the West looks like it is up for the Lakers for uh, for the taking, but I also no. still really like Golden State as well.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's um, at the very least, the Lakers are playing meaningful games or playing postseason games or again, uh, you know, uh, looking to advance. And je- again, th- this was a conversation I did not think that we would be having, forget at the beginning of the season, again, with 23 games left in the season, I did not think that the Lakers would be in this position, but they are. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe stay healthy.
1: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.